What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Before we get going, John, a few things. One, we're going to get back to the iTunes review mailbag yep you like the show leave a little review leave a question and we will answer it here on the show again leave a review itunes greatly appreciate five stars and leave you uh, leave your question in the review whatever you want nfl draft golf where's trevor bauer gonna go whatever you want and uh, get into it there <laughs> it's a long meal guy they've been cooking that thing for like four months <laughs> if you <laughs> if you uh have not checked out the haberman and middlecoff youtube channel go do that we'll have a lot more content coming in the coming months be a great place for draft and if you found this podcast from youtube welcome as we like to say on youtube john i'm guy i'm john <laughs> all right here we go middlecoff Hey, behave! We got a good, uh, a good smorgasbord today, John. Some things we got to hit hard, and a few other things going on in the world that need to be addressed. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, we talked about this the other day. You know, in radio, you always feel obligated to talk about like whatever the main story is, even though sometimes you don't even care. And then there are sometimes like whenever the main story is like I love this like this is yes. and I would even I don't even know if necessarily it's quote unquote the main story don't give it but away there yet. were a couple things that I saw over the last 24 12 maybe 12 not hours not even 24 hours they were just they, they were gold they were absolute, absolute gold, gold Jerry <laughs> all right John before we get into all of that let's tell you this podcast is brought to you by Ease Ease.com promo code ham you already know or promo code ham ten yep. if you're a returning user. E-A-Z-E dot com. You live in California. Number one cannabis delivery in America happens to be in our state of California. Delivers to your house. 
edibles, topicals, pre-rolls, vapes, you name it, they got it. Just go. They have a menu online. You type in your uh, your area code or zip code, or I always get those two, I guess zip code, and you're able to find out what's in your area. They deliver it right to your house, your condo, your apartment, wherever you're living. They just walk outside. There he is. He hands you the bag. Boop. You're gone. And you're back in your house. Yep. Uh, ease. Promo code HAM gets you 20 bucks off your first delivery of $50 or more. Or if you're a returning user, you get 10% off with code HAM10. HAM and the number 10. Just got to be 21 or over. You get verified online in minutes. Then the delivery is on its way. And as we always like to say with ease, tell your friends. Tell yeah, tell your friends. Do it now. Tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your cousins. Also, tell your friends, parents, and cousins about DraftKings. Get in our game. We got one right now. I just posted it on Tuesday, John, in the Haberman and Middlecoff League. Use the code HAM when you sign up for your shot at millions of dollars in prizes. And we've got another big game coming up for uh, championship uh, conference championship uh, Sunday. Uh, I I will. People always ask, how do I get in your league? How do I get in your league? Well, you download the app. Type in promo code HAM. I'll tweet it out. You'll tweet it out. It'll be on our social media pages. And yeah, get in the league. I already kind of been thinking in the back of my mind, like, who am I going to pick? And uh, it's hard. I, there's some uh, pretty good pretty good players in, in this round. Uh, but that's that's what makes it fun. Chad Hennings, download the app. Yeah, I mean, well, you never know, guy. I mean, he's got to pass some protocols. Did he even have a concussion? I don't think that's they quite They say it been, was a uh, nerve issue in his neck, which is why he reacted, you know, his body reacted the way it reacted. But don't forget... He was limping around. Now, he was limping around and throwing dimes, but he was limping around. Like He's not fully healthy. But download the DraftKings app, promo code HAM. You can play NBA. We've got a PGA golf tournament, American Express. I just saw Phil was walking to his private jet in his outfit with his caddy next to him, a little promotional. So he's playing in this bad boy this weekend. Uh, yeah, get in DraftKings, promo code HAM, promo code HAM. All right, let's 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 get to the stories that we've been dying to get to here, John. Uh on this podcast today because this has been an active 12 hours. Uh, Jared, what's the guy's name? Jared Porter? Joey Porter? Jared Porter. Jared Parker? Jared Porter. Uh, He lasted a month, John, as the Mets GM. Lasted a month. Uh, Yeah. A combination. You ever heard of him before this? Never. I'd never, I'd not heard of him. No. No. I hadn't either. But maybe the uh, anonymous uh, baseball uh, uh, executive that uh, tweets with us and listens to the podcast, maybe he knows about him. He was crushing him. I saw it today. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was crushing him. He was crushing. The new owner of the Mets is Bobby Axelrod. That's right. Of billions. Black that is the story. That is Steve Cohen. Was Do and you know, by the way, f- was billions based on the book written about Steve Cohen, Black Edge? Because when you, yes. you told me about the yes. book. I've read, mm. listened to the book Black Edge now as well, and it's absolutely the script for Billions. Yeah, I, I think it was loosely based, you know, with their kind of Hollywooded it up. Yeah. You read that and you go, this guy easily could have been in jail. He's a crazy ass. So could Bobby Axelrod. He doesn't, he's not a good looking guy. Like the thing with Bobby Axelrod, he's like cool and skinny and yo in shape. This guy's fat, lumpy, bald, but he's a killer. Gap tooth. And my first thought when this story, and if you haven't read the story, it's long. Basically, the guy that the Mets named GM met this reporter who was, I think, uh, Southern America would be my guess. I I don't know if they actually told what country she was from. I got that impression, too, just based on like the way they described her. Uh, She talked to another player and an interpreter. But yeah, she represented a foreign media company. Yeah, and he 
claimed that he was going to give her some information, really just wanted to date her, hang out with her, sleep with her, got her phone number, essentially started, or I guess eventually started sending her naked pictures of just his dick. John, eventually... And she never responded. After the 61st text he sent that she didn't reply to, he went with a dick pic on text 62. Yeah, so my, my first thought before I saw all the, just the dick pics, when I just realized, I thought that Axelrod might go a little rogue and because he had tweeted a couple days after Christmas, like, just about to text Jared Porter, see what's up. Kind of like, I own a team now, wonder what my GM's up to. Kind of bragging, like he likes his guy. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy's mm-hmm. making moves. Did you see some of the guy's moves? I mean, he's fucking wheeling and dealing. He got him Francisco Lindor. He got him Carrasco in that deal too. Like this guy, I think he's pretty good. Like I, I think Mets people thought they had a star owner, a star GM, and this guy. My my thought was they might not fire him for the naked pictures because Bobby Axelrod. Does Bobby Axelrod impacted by what like social media would think? Even if this is a no doubt about it fireable offense. But then when I woke up, they had fired him, <laughs> and Steve Cohen was like. Uh, he's gone. And I was like, damn, they didn't fuck around. No, and th- this one got so out of control so fast. And it was so, it was one of those where you like, you read it and you go, okay, so these are the details. Seems pretty straightforward, right? I don't really need any more details. The The woman no longer works in media. He basically ran her out of her job. She couldn't take it. And I don't blame her. And, and you kind of get the impression that this wasn't the only, she even says like, yeah, this is just like, this wasn't the first person I had to deal with. The first guy I had to deal with that was really inappropriate. But I finally just thought, like, is this what I'm going to have to do? Is this what I got to do to earn a living? Like, this is not this is not worth it. It's I mean, it's harassment. It's abuse. Right. It's ridiculous. This guy, like the guy, the, the guy is the guy's a fucking weirdo, man. Like the guy to go tongue in cheek. I tweeted out 25 to 50, in my opinion, that range. If, if you wanted to make unreplied text messages a crime. I would be all for it because once to me, like three or four, as someone you've been in a long-term relationship, you're married. Some, I, I think internet dating, and maybe it's been like this with bars. You just meet people, but definitely internet dating. You communicate with someone you've never met. Now these people had met, but then maybe you meet someone, but it's kind of weird because you might not have any mutual friends. You don't really know each other. You just met through the internet. And sometimes you communicate with someone, you don't know them that well. They might have a boyfriend, they might have a girlfriend, whatever. I do think having a couple text messages, like maybe you're vibing, and then all of a sudden you just get ghosted. And once you get ghosted, if you send two or three text messages, like, hey, what's up? You know, you kind of get the clue, I would say, by before five. But maybe like by three or four. Once you get to like 20s, you, you, I, you're a legitimate weirdo. 62... I look at you like a criminal. Like, I mean, yeah, you're I, saying that, I, I really should, that you had that should be a crime for harassment before there's even nudity involved. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you are a criminal, and I wouldn't trust you. And I, I just think you're a loose can't. I think you're a fucking nut job. I think you're a, a, a complete weirdo creep. You know, borderline. Like I, I wouldn't be comfortable around you. Like you, something's off with you. So I have another. I have. A, I would say that I would. I would feel that way by probably twenty to twenty five. 60 is that's like, too I think you're waiting too long like that's as you're talking I'm thinking like what number do I would I start feeling weird about myself 
sending text messages that are unreplied. Now there's some people who I will just hammer like close friends. I don't care. Right. Like you don't care. Like you might send me eight text messages in a row and nobody thinks anything of it. Right. But for the most part, what number of texts do you have to send to somebody that go unreplied to that? You start thinking I might be the weirdo here. I would say like, now, again, it, especially when we're talking about people you don't really know. Like, people you really know, it's it's a whole other ballgame. Yeah. People you don't really know, I think after, like, I would say three, you're like, uh, I should just, no matter what comes up, not send this person another text until they reply to me. No matter what. Yes. I'd say three is kind of that. One, you don't think much of it. People, for I forget to reply to people. You for, Right? Like, okay, I don't like to, but you do. Two, uh, okay, whatever. Three, though, I would say three is the number. So 62. Here's the other thing I did think, John, during this. Oh, yeah. Go well, I'll, give you an, I'll give you an example. I've been trying to get Steve Young on this podcast for a while. And the last time he texted me was August 13th. And I responded with like a sounds good. And then I've done three follow-ups, August, October, and November. No reply. Like, I, I'm done with Steve. Like that's three. It ended. Well, I'm not going to bug him. I, I w- yeah. No, no, you're not going to bug him. That's, but, but I would say that's different. Than Maybe like, not done. Maybe one more. Yeah. But, but, but I would say you're trying to book him to come on the show. That's a little different than like, yeah, that's, I know, all but, bets are off. but, but you're that, right. But that, that to me is the one I would be consistent where I start getting uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. But as we know, our guest bookers, you know, Ogden has been bugging me to come on with Tolbert. He can wear you out. And then to me, he'll inspire like you as a guest book, you kind of do have to wear people out. But as a future relationship pursuer before the dick pic, just, Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Like you're a creep, bro. You're like, pretty you're a fucking, how about you're, you're a pretty, loser. I'd like to be your boyfriend. And then the picture of himself, like maybe it can be me or something like that. It's very creepy. Yeah, th- this guy, I mean, I'll, I'll give he you, is, uh, I think he's a criminal. I'll give you another take. Uh, well, well, I, saw, it, I mean, someone, it is, it's I saw something on social media. In certain places, it is 100% a crime. An unsolicited uh, it's nude absolutely. pick. Like, it should be. Like, this guy might get might get criminal charges. Um, my other take. Is his career over? Is his career over? Uh, Probably not. Do you think his career is over? I would say probably not, too. No, I mean, it. 40-year-old GM, clearly pretty high thought of in the league. His short little time, Stan, he was wheeling and dealing. I just, you'd never say never in this day and age. No. So, because he could, he could go, he could go on like an Oprah Ellen type show and give a tell all how he, you know, he just, we've seen the, we've yeah, seen the yeah, playbook. We've, you're right, exactly right. We have seen the playbook. Um, I, my, I know this, no matter what he says, no matter what counseling he goes to, I, I wouldn't trust this guy to walk my dog across the street, let alone employ him. Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to have to be employed by somebody who knows him already and and likes him. It's like, oh, I know that's not what he's about, right? He tried yeah, to claim I, he sent my, a stock my, my photo. Point is, no matter, yeah, my, my point is, no matter where he goes yeah. and who hires him moving forward, I, I could never trust him. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, my other take on this story was I make fun of everybody that hires a coach and uses a search firm, like pays $150,000 for a search firm. Like, oh, thanks for all the candidates yeah. that I already came up with myself. Yeah. But then something Wait, like Corn this. Wait, you wanted me to call Urban Meyer? Good. Oh, yeah, good good call. Yeah, here's 10%. Robert Sala? Oh, oh Robert Sala. Great oh, idea. Saban's right. Oh, Saban's coordinator? Can, oh, yeah. Can good. you guys arrange? Can you guys set up that Zoom for me? Thanks. That'll be $150,000. But if a search firm can could have uncovered this in a background investigation. It would have paid for itself. I make fun of search firms until you realize 
maybe part of their job is to find something like this out. And if you are a search firm and you don't find something like this out, then you're not worth the money that we're paying you. I doubt they use the search firm. I don't really hear about baseball GM jobs using search firms. Uh, executives for sure get, you know, they use executive search um, firms. You hear, yeah. I don't hear it as much in, with baseball executives, maybe. Uh, so, but it would be worth it to these, have a search all the, firm. All the nerds all went to Yale and Harvard together. You know, <laughs> it's true. It's hard to it's hard to unveil. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what's the guy's well, name call, from Black Edge? You just call uh, Billy. Who's the guy? You just call guy? Billy or Friedman, and you go, "Hey, well, who's your who's your next guy?" And he goes, "Well, it's uh, he's my intern. It's, it's Jimmy from Princeton here. He's nine. There was something in that that listen. This guy's a complete scumbag. The look on, I would pay to see a video of the look on his face because ESPN yesterday or two days ago called him to comment on it, and he gave them a comment like uh, he tried to backtrack. And then he realized, like, yeah, no further comment. I think he realized he was fucked. And then clearly he went to Sandy Alderson, told him, and they released a statement, like, this is the first we're hearing of it. We're going to look into it. I think that was before the story or right when the story dropped. And then it just, woof, woof, woof. And I think, I don't know if it truly resonates. Maybe it does. And I'm not trying to be, like, an ageist with people, like, 50-plus. But this guy is 40. So there is going to be, and I truly believe this, people that were in their 20s the last decade, those guys are going to turn into their 30s and maybe a little younger than us. Well, in the next decade, they're going to start getting these jobs. I think we're going to see more and more scandals like this revolving around texts, DMs, things that were sent. Maybe not to this creepy level. It'll just be, I, I don't think this will be the first time that this happens in a public setting, but in pro sports with executives that have done things that they're going to regret with pictures that are going to come back and bite them in the ass. But yeah, it's been happening since Brett Favre. I know, but there was going to be a generation where it was just consistently happening. Yeah, but but here's the thing I would say is like, this guy did this, when when was this? Like three years ago? 16, I think. 16? So he was in his mid-30s. Now the GMs are 32. Like they're growing up in a generation where you've seen people get burned for it. Maybe you've learned your lessons. I don't know. Or you use Cyberdust. Remember that old website? That's my, that's my point. Like, like I, I, You'd have to be really dumb to attempt to do something like this now, but there are still stuff on record from 13 to 15 when people were in their tw- not thinking right. Yeah. And yeah. I just wonder, like, I'll be surprised if something like this doesn't happen again. Again, could be a lot different, and it could just be as simple as sending picks, didn't want them, because it'll, har- it'll be hard to ever top. Ever. <laughs> 62 unresponded text messages like that's that's got all time potential all time it, it really is he's it's it's um uh yeah roger maris 62 not 61 yeah. 62 that you make a movie about it called 62 and it's just about this guy sending 62 unreplied text messages <laughs> i mean it's just I it's like, now i do think the other thing that might happen beyond just like old pictures coming back is there might just be a lot of um, there might be a little groundswell, not a little, a groundswell here, particularly for female reporters in sports, but Major League Baseball. They go, hey, look, she's not the only one because she's not the only one. That that that's a better call. I this could lead to a lot more outing some guys that have just are morons and scumbags. That, that to me is what I expect. Yeah, yeah, just complete losers, L- fucking criminals. I mean, after you talk you about send this, a dick pic. You send a dick pic 
without knowing for sure it's okay, that to me is, it's more bold the wrong word, but one of the most reckless moves you can possibly make as a human being. Of a non, like, you're going to jail right away. Like, do you realize what you just did? Like, that seems kind of crazy to me. Yeah, is I there, can't relate to that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not... Is know. there a substance abuse? I mean, I don't even know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. No, guy. What, my, 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 if I had to psychoanalyze this guy, this guy doesn't get laid. This guy doesn't... This guy can't pull chicks. And I think he thought, like, his position of power, he could use giving this chick some information... But he's such a geek at heart, he doesn't understand. <laughs> but that like, clearly, there, but that doesn't just, explain dick pic being your Hail Mary on text 62. That explains well, I, the I first 30 he, texts. Yeah, well, I, I I think he probably thinks that's normal, like people when they exchange stuff. You know, that in his own little yeah. psychotic mind. <laughs> Tell you what. For uh, all Porter. It, it, makes, it makes money in McDonald's bags seem like a tame story. It does. My feeling on this... Uh, Jeremy Pruitt deal. It kind of feels like Tennessee. He signed an extension not that long ago, but then Philip former is probably the Philip former or the AD is the one that signed him to the extension and he's out too. Uh, I mean, I, it almost feels like to me, Tennessee's the one that turned him in in some way. Like they, like they wanted him out. They knew they could get him out because they knew he was breaking the rules. And here we are. My my pushback on that would be why would you turn your own program in when you could get legitimately in trouble, lose scholarships, that type I, I of mean, stuff. But you could eventually just fire him next year. You now could you get out of this for. Co- they fire just him gave him an extension. Yeah, fire him for free. And if you're the one that did the whole investigation, like look at what happened. This is awful, and we punished ourselves for it. Even though sneakily we didn't, we got out of it because we don't like this guy. But you're right. I mean, it is risky if that's what. Because then you set yourself up. Who wants a job when people think you're going to get in trouble? Yeah, I, it's true. I, I I do think it's kind. Of, I I heard stories years ago that McDonald's bags a a certain program sends recruits to a certain McDonald's. He asked for a number two. They know he's coming in, and they had him. In the <laughs> no big one else bag orders the number cash. two. <laughs> and I think you can't. It could be one. It could be whatever. But whatever they tell you to order a specific number, and it's handed to them, and it's clear when the guy comes in. There have been countless articles I've seen written over the last couple of years where you just see SEC quote uh, coaches quoted like this is a, a free for all down here in terms of the cheating. It's why I always think it's so disingenuous when people that cover college sports just hammer home the guys playing for free. It's like, guys, we have the information now. If you're talking about the Kyle Pauly athlete, maybe. But like when you're talking about the big boys, like we know and they're getting compensated in cash. But it just it, it does feel there still is if you're the way you do it has to be kind of covert, and it just felt like they were just handing it, uh, you know, so, like because I've heard countless stories, guy, of certain players that are going to get drafted over the next year or two that go on a recruiting visit. The recruiting visit ends. The dad goes to the head coach and goes, "Well, here are the parameters of us signing with right. you." And the coach going, that's not going to play. And the next day, he's officially committed to University X. You know, so it's just it, football is a lot different than basketball because there are so many players. Like I've always, people are getting paid in football, but nowhere near five hundred thousand dollars or whatever in basketball because a little bit like the NFL draft, it's kind of a crapshoot, right? You just, also, I think oh, the we shoe can't be giving everyone a hundred grand. 
Yeah, I mean the shoot the the potential apparel deals in basketball are so much more profitable than they are and they, in football, and they help finance it for you. Yeah, and they and you know you got all these grassroots people that arrange things, and you get this guy, so you can get that guy, and grassroots is I mean it, it exists in football uh, as well, but it's something you hear a lot more in basketball because you're right, like the pool is a lot, the competition for the biggest guys. There's only so many though. There 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 are fewer of them in basketball than there are in football. Yeah. Um. I legitimate question. Uh, are they, are these used McDonald's bags? But, or are they, do they somehow get a stack of unused McDonald's bags that they're lick a finger, pull out an unused bag. And then someone tweeted at me and said, no, there were egg McMuffins in the bags, but I don't know if that was, that, that, that's where I, I didn't read the story. I wonder. Well, it was Dan Patrick just, just said the, it. Yeah. What I think happens is they use a McDonald's. It's owned by a booster. That's how it works. That's how it worked at the other program I was told. You go to the McDonald's. So maybe he just he's getting the loose information. So you Los go Poyos to the McDonald's Hermanos. to get the money. Yeah. What was that? From Breaking Bad. Better Call Saul? Yeah, Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah. But you also can get like a double cheese and get your 10 grand. Yeah. You're like, no one ever goes into that McDonald's. But all it has parked in the parking lot are Cadillacs and Lexuses. <laughs> the hell's going on over there? Can you imagine like... The the random like twenty five year old construction worker that just went in for lunch and gets the wrong bag and like oh my god I just got seventeen thousand dollars I ordered the number like twelve size. but that's what it yeah. would be it's like instead of the number can't two. wait for you setting the edge Coach Pruitt you're like <laughs> Billy the Billy the foreman you're like holy shit setting the edge what if the number's like an absurd number like there's no number two but I'll have the number seventy nine like today it's seventy nine is the number yeah it, it, and the it, next it guy in line's like, like the seventy nine what's in the seventy nine like oh nothing nothing there is no seventy nine you heard you misheard I'll never forget one thing that was big that I don't even think anyone cares about anymore but when I was at Fresno State you could not do personal workouts you could not go and have a guy like run a forty it, I mean it was like a legitimate you got popped in college football yeah. And this guy send us uh, before you, as you were uh, recruiting him, as you were recruiting yeah. him. And I think now, like in the SEC, like no one, none of the top coaches now sign without like personal workouts, like the equivalent of a pro day, like forty time and stuff. And this guy ended up not being like going to the big guys and put together this highlight tape he wanted Fresno State to recruit him. And so we throw in the DVD back when yeah DVDs. And the, the it opens up with him running the forty, and at the end of the forty. Pete Carroll there with a stopwatch. He's like, I was like, four, five, two. And I was like, what? This guy doesn't even, what the fuck? And he's sending it out to all the schools all over the, he's probably sending it to most of the Pac-12 schools too. And it's like, what is going on here? You know, he was just, and I don't, I don't blame Pete. Like the rule is stupid. So if I go, if I'm an assistant coach and I go to recruit Najee Harris, if I'm coming from Alabama to get Nick to sign off, I usually have to put them through a personal workout or just any of the big programs and film it. And now I think it might be legal and I don't even think anyone cares. Back then it was definitely looked down upon. Alabama would not sign you unless you did that. And Pete like, either. I mean, that's oh, well, yeah, the story forever. with Nick is like he, he needs to see you throw in person, which of course he does. Why wouldn't he need to see you? I mean, you're a quarterback. Yeah, yeah like, I'm going to see you throw Like one of the Come issues, Vontez Burfitt was, was supposed to go to SC. Then supposedly he didn't run fast enough for Pete and, you know, they didn't offer him. Well, Pete actually, Which I saw, is smart. Yeah, yeah. Pete values speed yeah. over size. I, uh, my buddy Evan Moore, who played at Stanford, has told me the story many times, uh, and he's told it publicly. 
uh, he's playing. Stanford's really bad the year before Harbaugh gets there, and there's like these rumors. They go like one and eleven, huh? Didn't they go like one and eleven with Ty Walt Harris Harris or Walt Harris? Yeah, and uh, no one. It's before anyone was really grad transferring, but I guess like someone asked him. Maybe it was Kawakami. Like, would you consider going? Are you gonna? Would you consider leaving? And so there was this thought that like he was gonna transfer. He's from LA to SC. And it had been like written, like, is this guy going to transfer to SC? They're playing SC. A Stanford player gets hurt in front of the SC sideline. Evan goes over to like lean over his buddy, like, hey, man, you okay? Pete Carroll, he hears somebody yelling at him, like, he wore number eight, like, hey, eight, hey, eight. And he looks over, and Pete is like looking up at the scoreboard with his hand, like he's got the microphone pulled back on his headset. So Pete's not looking at him. He's like looking at the scoreboard, but he's talking to him. He's like, hey, eight, you got to call me. I can't call you. You got to call me if we want to get this done. I can't call you. And then Pete just puts the headset on and walks away. And the guy in the ground is looking at, up at him like, dude, what the fuck was that? He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> How about that? You got. You and then it was like a dad, like a dad, like somebody facilitated a call and then talked to Pete, but he wasn't going to do it. But like, yeah, it, it had, they spoke. You got to give Pete credit. Pete, part of the reason everyone holds on to the, oh, we want USC to get back. Well, you need a guy that's going to operate like it's Alabama. LSU Talk to other players zero, during a game. Yeah, I mean, does not even care. And it worked because don't people forget SC was, they were picking you. You were not picking SC. It wasn't like it's coming down to SC, Oregon and, uh, and Texas. No, like SC back in like 05, 06, 07, they to me were what Alabama is now. Yeah, they picked you. Yep, and it was like, oh, Dwayne Jarrett. This guy's from Maryland. This guy's from Minnesota. Remember their team? It wasn't just like every dude's from Sac, Fresno, or L.A. They had guys from fucking everywhere. It was like, God, they got the number one guy in Texas. They got the number one guy in Florida. They got the number one guy. But he, I don't even think it would be. It would be harder to do now because he was going into territories. Where I just think, like, he would not... It would be hard to go into Florida. And remember, Lane did that right off the bat, too. Like, Nelson Aguilar is from Florida. Leonard Williams is from Florida. Like, he kind of kept that rolling when he got there. Leonard Williams right now... How would Leonard Williams, the equivalent of that, or Aguilar, end up at SC? Wouldn't they end up at Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, LSU now, coming from Florida? Yeah. This would be very unlikely. For sure. But I would say the other thing he did, right, was he didn't lose guys. Like, he dominated LA. Like, LA guys weren't going everywhere else. That well, that that was a lock. <laughs> like, like that's getting, a big. But then he, but then he would go into Maryland, and the guy that like Ohio State, Michigan, for sure. or Penn State would get, he would get that top guy. He'd be like, yeah, that's uh my Dwayne Jarrett. But Remember like he next went, year, uh, McKnight, I think died. Remember the Joe guy, McKnight, uh, yeah. the running back? Yeah, that guy was from Louisiana. Remember he was supposed to be the next right. Reggie Bush? Like, that guy, that the equivalent of that player now. There is not a chance in God's green earth, even like Mario, who's a great recruiter, would that guy would end up at LSU or Alabama. It, it was incredible what Pete was doing. All right, good news for the 49ers, John. Not a big surprise, but they have a new, air quotes, offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, not going anywhere. It was getting dicey if Kyle was going to lose both his little two minions. And I, I say that like I'm diminishing their value. They're, I mean, big time. LaFleur is now an offensive coordinator with Sala. Obviously, his brother's the head coach of the Packers. And Mike McDaniel, Ivy League guy, has been with Kyle since 11. 13 like, years. I mean, their relationship dates years. back pretty He's 13 years? 13 years. That's what the Niners. Damn. 14 years NFL experience, all but one with Kyle. So I think 
he was because oh, you're right because he, he was with the Houston Texans. Yeah, oh, good call. I mean, I that's, the Sacramento Mountain Lions. That's right. That's right. He was with the Mountain Lions. I think Lions. Uh, Tyler Sandejo was on that team. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Klutz. Made to the NFL. Yeah. I once told Howie Roseman, I will give up my salary if this guy plays in the NFL. Within a month, he was a starting fullback behind Jay Cutler. And Howie let, they went let to her the give NFC, up your They salary. went to the <laughs> NFC Championship. They went to the <laughs> NFC Championship. I mean, he was good. He had a good career. Well, guy, that he played for the Cowboys? Yeah. Mount Lions anyway. were some players. Well, you know what? He was a fullback. It's a good thing we mentioned him uh, because that that's a big part. We, we talked about LaFleur. We talked about McDaniel. McDaniel's been the guy... That was with Kyle a lot longer. Okay, so what does this mean for the 49ers? Um, for all the talk about the Niners and offense and Kyle, I mean, what we're really talking about when we're talking about them is their running game, right? Like, that's really what we spent a lot. We talk about all the plays he draws up and how he's using Debo and how he's using Kittle and what a great blocker Kittle is and how he's using Ayuk. But really, the heart of this thing is the run game. Yeah. This offense is predicated on running the ball. And they gash people on their Super Bowl year. I'll never forget being there for the Browns Monday night game. They had a play schemed up. Breda took, I think, 90 yards. Maybe it was maybe it was a touchback, so 80 yards. You remember that first play from scrimmage? It was like a counter. He went right, cut back left, and he was just gone. That's how the game started. And I remember Kyle said after the game, it's like, yeah, we saw something on film. Basically, like, we knew. Well, who? who that's their run game coordinator. This is a guy that all the players, they just rave about LaFleur and McDaniels. I've always looked them at kind of like a tandem, but really they're not. Like eventually both of them, there's a decent chance, could be head coaches in the NFL. It is by, I mean, LaFleur now is a step away. If Darnold, if they keep Darnold and Darnold has a good year, like more than likely, and especially if his brother keeps doing well, how's he not going to be a head coach in the NFL? Uh, we've seen it before, like Har- the Harbaugh brothers. Like they, once you kind of get the the momentum going your way, it's it's inevitable. But I just think probably two weeks ago, we were going before we knew anything concrete about anyone leaving. We went, well, Robert Sala's probably gone. He's going to take Lafleur McDaniel's. And then there were a bunch of rumors, like a big part, a big uh, sticking point in a lot of interviews around the league, where people saying, "I'm going to implement the Shanahan offense." So it was like, well, could they lose them both? Could they lose Sala? Both those guys. And then Adam Peters was le- you know, potentially leaving for the Carolina yeah, Panthers. Right. Everyone's like, that's not going to be good. They're going to lose Sala, McDaniels, LaFleur, and Adam Peters. And when the dust settles, I do think you feel pretty good about keeping McDaniels, elevating McDaniel, the offensive no coordinator. McDaniel, excuse me. And Adam Peters. Like, I, I think where we stood a couple weeks ago, it played out as well as it could have. Right, I guess as well as it could have with Solid not getting a job, but it it felt inevitable. Yeah, I would say with Robert, didn't it? Yep. Yeah, kind of. I mean, we kept saying, "Well, maybe it's not," but then it was just, "How's he not going to?" We were doing for every job, and it seems like you're near the top of the list of several of them. It was inevitable. You're right. It's easy to say now that it was inevitable, as we talked about before. If you're in his shoes, it probably doesn't feel inevitable, but it was inevitable. He was going to get a job sooner or later. Um. You know, well, there I, were two guys that interviewed for every job. It was him and Arthur Smith. And it did feel the momentum on those two individuals were like, how are they not going to get a job? Every single team wants to talk to them. And then they're getting second interviews at places. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one thing, once too. You, once you start getting multiple second interviews, it does feel like you're almost picking, right? Now you're leveraging. Yeah. But I, I do think, like, it, I think one question I have just for the future of Kyle Shanahan is uh, if they keep. I mean, if 
it could be that this time next year, even before this time next year, we're talking about Mike McDaniel as a potential head coach. We'll see. I mean, he's got some other, you know, he's got the the uh, alcohol issue, which he was very open about. That was a big story a couple of years ago with the Super Bowl and his recovery from that. He's only 37, 38, so there's not a big rush on him. Um, you know, we'll have more chance maybe this year for him to talk, for own, other owners to see what he's like, like the way we got to see what Robert Sala's like over the last few years, right? You can get a good feel for him. You know, so he'll have that spotlight opportunity. But if we just look at him on paper, on the spreadsheet of offensive coordinators under the coaches that do what Kyle does, the odds are within the next couple of years, he's going to be getting head coaching interviews if this thing keeps on the track that it's on. And I do think like we saw this year, McVay, when he hired Wade Phillips, as his, and we'll get to this separately, but when he hired Wade as his defensive coordinator, that was just, you know, here's Wade. He's a good fit for you. And then he gets Brandon Staley, and that that felt more like a, a McVay kind of pluck and a pick. Um, Kyle just went in-house for his defensive coordinator, and now he's going in-house again for his offensive coordinator. And really, whichever guy got hired, he would have gone in-house for an offensive coordinator. The question will be like, if this keeps going well, if Mike McDaniel is getting interviews in a couple of years, it's in, it's a good it's good news because it means the Niners are winning games. But it you know eventually there is going to be you know it's who's training behind Mike McDaniel is what I'm getting at. Who's the next guy? Or is this the you know is Wes Welker going to be an offensive coordinator? Um, I don't know, but it does. This is just part of the process of guys getting hired away from you. One thing I think Kyle needs to do now. And he did this a couple of years, like when they hired D'Amico Ryans. They hired a young coach who eventually became a position coach, boom, became his coordinator. He's got to find like a, his Nagy or Kafka, his Josh McDaniels. That just, that guy starts as a quality control coach. And then, you know, you can get like, call Lincoln Riley or whoever, you know, former quarterback, a former, you know, player that's somewhere like a quality control guy. You get in your operation and then you mold and you create. Like that's, like, Nagy and Kafka are Andy Reid creations. Josh McDaniels is a Belichick creation. Like, they start at the bottom, you know, and then they just learn everything, right? You just soak it all You're up. You're saying they're, they're not the there for part, three years. They're there for 10 years before they're ready. Yeah, but yeah. it's no different than Mike with right. Kyle. Right. Like, his value is going to be he knows all Kyle's secret sauce. And then he got to a point, and hell, it could be back in, like, Atlanta. And I don't know, I you know, Kyle would have to speak on this, where he started giving Kyle a lot of stuff. And it was like he became a valuable asset, right? Like Kafka became or Nagy became or Josh became. And we can play this game all over the league with different young coaches. It is the value of having this, a great head coach is you foster that and you create it. Like ideally Joe Brady would have been that for the Saints, but he's just like, he went from quality control to like the offensive coordinator at LSU. It just, it happened so fast. So, and, and I do, I do wonder with the media now hyping guys up, and we've talked a lot about McVeigh and and Kyle, there is just a, like a snowball effect that grows like an avalanche fast. It's going to be harder and harder to keep guys if you have success. Well, yeah, and you think about it, young hot shots that you like that you that are your creations. Well, it's this is a, he's a great example of it, right? In that. He starts getting head coaching. I'm not going to say buzz, but it's just we just look at it and we just play the percentages and go, if this goes well, this guy's going to get a shot to be a head coach, right? Before he's really had any of that buzz, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been the offensive coordinator. So all the buzz is just like, well, Kyle values him. 
And the like Kyle Juszczyk was tweeting what a great coach he is, right? Kyle Juszczyk tweeted, well, nobody gets more out of his players than McDaniel. <laughs> well, you don't have to win to get head coaching interviews. Joe Brady didn't... W- Joe Brady got interviews this year based on LSU. Yeah. Right? His team, they're drafting in the what? Like top six? The, you know, their offense was okay. I mean, it was they lost eight straight games. It's not like he was some star in the league. They're like, God, the Panthers went eight and eight because their offense was top two. That's not what happened. But he had so much momentum. Like these guys, Kyle Shan, or I mean, McDaniel and LaFleur, they could get both be interviewing next year whether their teams are successful or not, right? We, we see it going on all over the league. Yeah, I it would helps. say LaFleur probably even needs a little, right, with the Jets, like I would say they probably do have to be solid for him to start getting buzzed. But it's not going to take top five buzz. Like top no, five but if they're seven and nine and Sam Darnold throws thirty touchdowns and looks like a franchise quarterback, yeah. I think boom, he would be in the mix immediately. Right, he's probably more unique in the sense that his brother's a head coach, so that name is just going to resonate. I, I would say if their offense is good, he's a lock. McDaniel, because the alcohol thing, but still, like Kyle believes in him. He yeah, but it's also his life and he's dominant. Yeah, look, you 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 overcome an adversity. That's a great. That's a great part of your story too, right? That's a, that's for a, sure. When you interview, that's something that people will attach to, and it's um, you know. I'll I mean, tell you one thing: he's got going life. for him. He's an Ivy League guy. He's an Ivy League guy. Yeah, Harvard, or Yale. Yale, Yale, Yale. Yeah, because Uzcheck tweeted a you photo know. of him wearing a Harvard helmet. They must have lost a bet. Yeah, what well, he I must have lost a bet. Har- Harvard. Yeah, I would Yale. imagine the Harvard Yale game. Uh, you didn't. You missed that one. The, uh, well, they canceled it this year, I, they, John. Didn't, they didn't play. <laughs> the they entire play. season. <laughs> they didn't play. Yeah, but. That might, that might have been from 19. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Right now, take a moment. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Save $1,000 on the Queen Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. Think about the, the good night's sleep that we get on a Sleep Number bed. You know the key to creating a great night's sleep? Create a peaceful place to sleep. No ambient noise. Don't drink caffeine past 3 o'clock. Uh, create a before bed little routine to calm your mind. You know, don't be uh, watching YouTube's on uh, on your phone, but it's hard to do. You know, I don't blame you. But you get a good night's sleep and sleep number. I'm telling you, you will never go back. I can't recommend it enough. Yep, quality sleep more important than ever. Balance your life, balance your health, natural immunity booster, energy recovery. You can achieve it with sleepnumber.com/ham or to sleep number store. Proven quality sleep is life changing sleep sleep iq sleepers say they exercise more regularly they're more restful overall they have the highest sleep iq scores now save a thousand dollars on the sleep number 360 special edition smart bed for a limited time only at sleep number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham also by the way mybookie.ag promo code ham one podcast brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code ham one they'll match that deposit 50 percent up to a thousand bucks if you accept the bonus you do have to uh bet the full amount of that bonus before you can withdraw funds uh you can also decline the bonus that's an option as well but either way use the code ham one and uh, they know that uh, that we sent you what, what are you seeing yep i was just i just clicked on the player props i might have to re-sign in to do this obviously the championship odds we have the Bucks three and a half point favorites and the Bills three points. I think that it started at four. It's down to three, or maybe that was at three. It was the Bucks game was at four. Bucks now down to three and a half. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it just I, it, I'm gonna have to think long and hard about this. I, I've gone back and forth 
You know, it's going to be very, very difficult to bet against Aaron Rodgers, I think, the way he's playing. You know, they've had five championship games. He's played in five. Four have been on the road. This is the first oh, time wow. they've ever hosted. You know, think about it. They Atlanta, Seattle, Chicago, when they won the Super Bowl, they were on the road. Uh, you know, last year in San Francisco, like he's always on the road. This is the first time he's ever hosted. Because remember, they've been the one seed a couple times and got KO'd, you know? You know, the Niners have gone there a couple times when they were hosting mm-hmm. games. The one year in the second round and took them out, and then the one year, I think, in the wild card round and beat them. But got them twice. So it just, I don't know. I kind of feel, I, it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers, man. But I, you know what team I kind of like? What? There's only four left. Someone is the Bills. Someone DM me this. And it was, I, I saved the picture, I thought. Maybe I sent it. Sorry, go on. I gotta find it. Well, no, I I, I like the Packers, um, and uh, and I like Buffalo. So, which was my pick a couple of weeks ago for the Super Bowl, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, Here's what R.J. Bell told Colin Coward. Someone DM me this, and it's actually right. That you could argue that the Bills have three legitimate excuses. They went 13 and three for all their losses. Cardinals, hail mary. That was pretty freakish, right? They took a guy making one of the great, truly great plays we've ever seen. The Titans and Chiefs game were both pushed back. One was a Monday night and one was a Tuesday because of the corona issues. At one point, two days before the Titans game, they didn't know who they were supposed to play. Lastly, one thing most people don't remember or realize is the week before the Titans game against the Raiders, I don't remember this, Allen separated his shoulder right before halftime. I definitely don't remember that, but I guess he did. I don't His either. stats for the next three or four games after the injury were season lows. Allen is 6-0 and against top 10 defenses with 17 touchdowns and zero interceptions. Like, I, maybe the Bills are just really good. I mean, I think they are, but I almost feel no, maybe some people are going to bet Brady, like, you know, the public. It's mm-hmm. like he's a public guy. Mm-hmm. I do think everyone's going to take the Chiefs, right? Oh, Mahomes, who's beating them? And I do think the Bills have a little Chiefs vibe from a couple years ago. Now, the Chiefs ended up losing that game because of D Ford, but the Bills are pretty good, man. Yeah. No, I look, John, when the playoffs started, this was my pick for the Super Bowl. It was Packers-Bills. Packers over Bills in the Super Bowl. And, I mean, now, I would understand the Chiefs. Wait, uh, Bills are getting three points, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I like the Bills. I like an you underdog like and I like a favorite. Plus 125? Yeah, I like them to win. I The, the Chiefs, Yeah. What do you think about a parlay? Bills, Packers money line pays two two and a half to one. Five hundred dollars pays twelve hundred. You like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I like it for you. I don't feel great. Yeah. Like I feel, I, I'm picking both of those teams. I'm not that thing that both of those things are going to happen. It feels like we got two games that are slightly better than a coin flip. Yeah. But I mean, the Bucks did manhandle the Packers the last time they played. Also, you hate to do a two-team parlay when there's only two games. It's like you lose the first yeah, one. You, and <laughs> zero, no parlay. But I, I'm going to bet on one of the underdogs. All right, John. Time to talk some Raiders. A uh, decision that actually we've been talking about for several weeks. You've been adamant. Nelson Aguilar's too good to keep. And uh, I hope I got my email from the Athletic on I guess maybe Monday or Tuesday. Open it up. Vic Tafer writing about it. Tafer predicted a four-year, $44 million contract for Nelson Aguilar with $10 million guaranteed. He's a free agent. Does feel like he's going to get more than $10 million after this year's performance, and he's played well before in terms of guaranteed money. My guess is that number's closer to 20 than 10. When you just 
look around the NFL, some teams that are on, like the Ravens, the Colts, so many teams could use offensive injection. And, and we've talked about $18 million guaranteed is nothing, right? For example, now Amari's a really good player, but Amari got $60 million guaranteed. Now, I'm not trying to say Nelson's as good as him, but like Amari was kind of an underachiever, also a first-rounder. So but my point is like $10 million to me is like that. Kickers get that. Like, I, I think that's low for a guy that's had several. Yeah, he might be seasons. compensating for the uh, for maybe a cap not coming down to 175, but maybe being like 185 or something like that. But I'm with you. I but would the guaranteed, but more. the guaranteed money you could amortize it over a period of time, like four year, forty million dollars. Like that to me, twenty million dollars is guaranteed. It's basically like a two year, twenty, you know, yeah, ten a year. That's a pretty 18. good deal. I think your number eighteen feels good. But the point is this: he's too expensive to come back to the Raiders, even at the first number, right? When you've drafted, yeah, I, like, I it's, it's Ruggs, it's Brian Edwards. Yeah. Tyrell and Williams Waller back. And Jacobs. And Williams. I, Tyrell's done. Like, he to me, he's getting cut. So, like, you just have to build it around, like, maybe draft another guy. You just can't. Once you draft a guy number 12 overall and a guy in the third round that's going to be good and already have a tight end and already have a running back, I just think, like... You just can't afford to pay him unless you could get like three years, fifteen million or something. But I just see no way possible that he doesn't get eight to ten million a year. But to me, it's the guaranteed money. It doesn't make any sense for the Raiders to guarantee a wide receiver like fifteen to twenty million dollars. Yeah, I mean, to me, the only way it makes sense to even consider it is if you've had a year of um, rugs and Edwards, and you think and you think you blew it on one of them, and you think it's a mistake. But this is the reason you draft these guys is to have cheap wide receivers on your team, not to mention very talented, relatively cheap. You know, Ruggs, relative to the draft class, being the first guy drafted was disappointing. Was it his fault? Was it their fault? Yeah, it was a combination of the things. But uh, the spot, they're not going to have as much help as they had this year. He's not going to have as much help as he had this year, which maybe it's a good thing. Maybe they're going to be forced to throw him the ball because they're not going to have other options. Because part of me just watches them thinking they just got to force the ball to him. Now, if I wanted to counter... They have had Aguilar on their team, and he was good, and they really liked him, and their quarterback loved him. And he was just – he was a big reason that they were explosive offense, right? Think how many countless plays he was making. I mean, he, he was awesome this year. There's It was the best season of his career. I know he had a good season in 17 with the Eagles, but start to finish, I mean, he carried this offense. They When they signed Terrell Williams, they gave him kind of – you know, they gave him a four-year, forty-four million dollars. They gave him twenty-two million dollars guaranteed. But the oh, difference yeah, you're right. is they've paid they, it. Yeah, they've never had him. Right, he was a free agent from another team, and then they got him, and it was a disaster. He got injured. You had this guy, so you know him. I think sometimes these type guys are harder to let go. You're like, God, we love him. We don't. And I could see Gruden like this is going to be a tough one for John. Well, if he's disciplined, you let him walk. If he's not, like, because I don't blame him for wanting to keep him and being like, let's just pay him. And when I say pay him, you couldn't give him the Terrell Williams contract. But I do think he could look at him and go, like, you need me. Well, what we just predicted he'd get on the free agent market is still less than what they paid Terrell Williams. Now, you're right. On Williams, the dead cap, I think, is zero moving forward. They've paid him his guaranteed money. So it doesn't make sense yeah. for him to come back. Um, but... To, the other thing to your point Aguilar is like, had eight eight touchdowns this year. Well, and he was just he, he to me was the most reliable guy. 
Ruggs was was inconsistent, very inconsistent, and Brian Edwards was just hurt. And I really like. Here's the other thing: is I really liked Edwards when he was healthy. I thought he looked like he belonged. But well, he's a good player. All, but right now, hurt. if you say you take Nelson Aguilar away, it's like okay, well, other things have to be better because your offense just got worse. Yeah, you take him away. But that's where we turn well, to the pressure. Then mounts Rugs, wh- whoever's fault it was, you need a lot more from him, and you need health from Brian Edwards. One thing Aguilar gave them that at the end of the day, just Rugs did not. He averaged almost 19 yards a reception. His career high before that was 12 and a half. He was such an explosive player for them. He was their deep threat in a weird way. Really right? was. He and he had career highs in yards, in touchdowns. Like he was their deep threat. And now they drafted a guy 12 overall to be that. They drafted a guy when they draft rugs, to me, they're thinking Deshaun Jackson. Right, they're thinking an elite deep threat. Like that's just that's what you have to be thinking to take that guy twelve overall. Right, but you don't take that guy twelve overall to not think he's going to be a Pro Bowler. Yeah, and he's got a long way to go, and you need him and the quarterback to get on the same page. And this gets back to I can see where Gruden's like, well, my quarterback's already on the same page with this guy. How much is he really going to cost? I can see it being a complicated issue with Gruden wanted to keep him with Mayock. You got to think big picture. It's a hard balance. To me, if they sign him. And I'll understand. It, I mean, if Gruden was just the offensive coordinator on the team, you'd be pushing to re-sign him, right? You mean if you were Gruden? Well, if you just if you just put him as an offensive coordinator in a vacuum, he would not want to lose this player. Right, right. I mean, the touchdown he scored against Miami—that is an individual player making a great play, right? With help, I mean, Derek would have made a great play too. Didn't I mean that might have been the high end of his plays? But it felt like he made a lot of plays kind of similar to that throughout the season. Oh, no, he did. Right? I'm just, just saying, should happen. I, 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 Part of this again, though, is if you're signing, if you're bringing him back, part of that has to be you're thinking, is Ruggs what we think he is? And I, I mean, you know, I would. If you're having those if thoughts thinking, now, it's a disaster. Yeah, but but if you're having those thoughts, it's like, well, let's not hope that he becomes something that we're all of a sudden concerned that he's not going to be. Because if he's not, and then you let Aguilar walk, now now what do you got? Nothing. Yeah, your passing game is not near as good. So, but that's part of the draft. That's part of building a team is you draft guys for the future. Like the Packers, good example. They drafted A.J. Dillon, not for this year because they're not going to resign Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones has been way better, like for the Packers than even Aguilar was in one season. That's part of the business model. Right. And that's where I, I just, I'm going to be interested to watch Gruden on this one. Yeah. But like, you gotta does be... he have the discipline? Because <laughs> I feel like he'd want to keep him. Because I know what they John need. John Gruden, I know, is going to want him. And they you know what? Spend that money He's allowed on defense. to Yeah. I, I was told by someone with the Raiders we're going to spend every penny on defense. But I feel like they always say that and then they do some uh, something else. Because, again, he's just I, – I don't I don't even blame him. He can't even help himself. That's his baby, the offense. And it's the one thing that's kind of good on the team right now. And he wants yeah. to lose one of his best players. Yeah. Who, let's just say $10 million guaranteed gets it done. That isn't very much money. Like, if they signed him to that, I won't crush. I'd be like, God, that's pretty cheap. Right. But now they he signed did, to 20. He had 48 catches. 20 is a lot. Yeah. Tough one. Because then you're stuck with the player for two years, right? 10 probably just be the equivalent of a one-year deal. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe, and maybe I'm overvaluing year. Nelson. Overvaluing him I how? feel like I watched a lot of football. Well, just maybe he he's not going to get more than 10. But I feel like oh. I watched a lot of just football this year and thought he was 
I just know the way the market plays out. He's gonna have, his tape this year was excellent, and then they'll just blame like what happened the year before. Oh, Carson was nuts, you know. I think there are some <laughs> solid free agent receivers this year. Like Godwin is a free agent. Yeah, but to me, he's Juju. like on, he's going okay, back, those are the going back, guys. Yeah. But when I when I when you say Godwin, I think like fifty five guaranteed. Will Fuller, even Juju, forty five. Will Fuller's always hurt. To me, Aguilar. Kenny like, Galladay. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good getting Nelson Aguilar in the teens guaranteed than I do. Would you want to give Juju forty eight million dollars guaranteed or Nelson twelve? Yeah, I mean, if I was an independent I I team, I, I don't know that I'd feel great about either one, but yeah, Godwin would be the guy who's going to get paid. Yeah. Uh, coaching carousels, always a, a favorite topic uh, for us, Middlecoff. Yes, it is. It. Uh, I never wanted to stop. I wish coaches got like, oh, you see uh, the, uh, you know, the Cardinals fired their head coach in July. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, it's just like the AFC can only do it in these six months and the NFC can only do it in these six months. So year round. Completely agree. Dominate the calendar. Or like the every, every, maybe you get grouped with like five teams and every team has like a quarter. Right? Yeah. Or maybe it's like eight teams and you have a quarter. Like, you got to do it now. Or defensive, <laughs> like time. defensive coaches are like Q1 and Q3 and offensive coaches are Q2 and Q4. <laughs> Would not mind that. I, I read somewhere like today a on trade Twitter deadline, that a guy, basically. Y- y- that colleges are now hiring recruiting coordinators on one side of the ball. Like, a guy just re- recruits the defense. Why so not? You never know. I, I think anything's possible. Yeah. As we record this, it's not official, but the reports are out there. Mike Garofolo, Albert Breer. It looks like they're using the words working towards. What's the word Breer used? Garofalo said focusing on that uh, Raheem Morris will be the new defensive coordinator for the Rams and Sean McVay. What does this mean to you? Well, they just lost, you know, a star. I mean, the guy was there one year and they turned out. It tur- we found out it was a star. Yeah, I. I Raheem Morris is really well thought of on social media, and clearly people like him around the league. His defenses have not been good, right? When he was in Tampa, his defenses were bad. He was the coordinator, last time I checked, this year before Dan got fired. They were horrendous on defense. Like, when you watch the Falcons, they were really bad. So, this guy does not have some resume I didn't think like he's talked about. Now, in fairness, Brandon Staley didn't have a resume. He was just a position coach. So this guy knows how to coordinate an offense or excuse me, a defense. I think there's comfort level there. He's been with McVay. McVay's kind of in a tight spot where I can't imagine. You think it crossed his mind when he hired Brandon Staley, even throughout the off season when they were doing virtual stuff that he ever thought like this guy's going to be one and done in the sense he's going to leave me. Probably. I don't know if that was crossed. His I mind. can't. Maybe imagine. you always think like that as uh, a head coach, but that's pretty nuts. Yeah. So this is, it's a logical pivot, but the other big story that's out there is like, they have a quarterback problem now, guy. And we've been talking about it for a while. Anyone that just watched the Rams, like Jared Goff was not good this season. And he really wasn't that great last season relative to what he was McVay's first two seasons. He's fallen off a cliff. Well, what happened this year? Their defense was so freaking good, it didn't matter. It carried them to the playoffs and really carried them Kind of kick Russell Wilson's ass in that A little farther game, right? than their team probably was good enough to be carried. Yeah. So one thing you can overcome, and I would say that that's something that's never changed in like our life. The football, the sport has changed, like the way offenses. If you have an elite defense, if your offense is just capable, you're probably going to be in the playoffs, right? 
if you're like the number one scoring defense and your offense is just functional, you're going to be a good team because no one can score on you. How are they going to maintain this? You know, and the the report about marriage counseling between Goff and McVeigh, Steve, uh, Steve Weish, yeah, Steve Weish. Yeah. To me, if it if it's based on physical skills, like Jared told the marriage counselor, I need him to run faster. I need him to throw the ball better. Like that's not fixable. And what like. How does he not think that? Because you watch the game against the Jets. He's just bad. He's just going to want him to be better. I don't think he's capable of being much better. You know? I I, I really... Like, his physical skills are his physical skills. Their offensive line's not good. He can't move. So, I don't know if that's going to change that much. Like, I, I can't imagine... I guess I'll be surprised if in the next couple years... Because he's not... They can't get a divorce because of the contract. And unlike when California. ups... Yeah, <laughs> and his upside isn't there. No one would trade for him. Like if he had Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, thirty-five million dollars next year, thirty-two million dollars in twenty twenty-two. If he had Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, he would be gone. I'd be like the Ram. Jared Goff's done, but he's stuck. And I, it's hard for me to envision him having a season in like a year or two. Like, oh, Jared bounced back this year, thirty-eight touchdowns. Like it does feel like that's probably over. Yeah, but if they're de- if he can just be somewhat what he's been. They can make the playoffs with their defense elite. Now there's a ton of pressure on Raheem Morris to just maintain that. Yeah, the the problem is you've got a head coach who clearly feels, and I say clearly based on the stuff that Troy Aikman was saying during the Seahawks game, the impression I got hearing how excited uh, Sean McVay was to work with John Wolford was he's a coach that feels like he's handcuffed by his quarterback. And he's handcuffed in doing the thing he wants to do most, which is just do a bunch of shit on offense. Right, excited for a guy from the AAF. Think yeah, just because he can move a little bit, not because he like know. is it. Inc- just they were excited about John Wolford, and um, there's really nowhere they can go. They're stuck. You're right. The best thing he can do is be fantastic on defense, and it's hard to be the number one defense in the league year after year after year, especially when your coordinator's changing over. I mean, you think about it, John. They were number one in the league uh, this year, number one. Better than the Ravens, better than the Steelers, better than the, the Washington football team. How did they end up in the playoffs? Well, their le- their division sucked, right? But also, they were just they were a legitimate defensive team last year. Guess who? Patriots, Bills, Ravens, Bears. I mean, the Bears are another example of a team that they've overcome yeah. bad quarterback play because their defense is really good. So, I mean, the Niners. Obviously, we saw it last year. Consistently, they were great on defense. Uh, so you're right. That does put a lot of heat on on Raheem Morris. Now, conversely, I, I, if in two years they've been the number one defense for two more years, maybe Raheem's the head coach again, right? That's the other part of it. But even well, there, that, is that they're, enough to win the division? I, that's the hard no. thing. I don't... Well, to me, it's if their offense and he can't throw throw the ball and keeps turning the ball over, there's a big difference. Like That holds you back from being 9 or 10 wins to 13-14. You don't have... To be 13-14, you have to have quarterback play. And it's got to be elite. It's why a lot of teams that win 13, 14 games, their quarterback is usually in the mix for the MVP. And, and a lot of times their defense is also good, right? It's, it goes hand in hand. Like you usually win, to win the, the the NFC West, on most years to me, it's probably going to take 12 plus. You can't win 12 plus with this version of Goff. And the version of Goff we've seen the last two years has equated into nine and 10 wins. And this year, their defense was, I think, a lot better just watching it. They had Jalen the whole year. I think he missed a game, but still. I mean, he was on their team the whole year instead of last year was only half the season. But it only was a difference in a win. 
You know, it wasn't like they took some huge step. Like they're just, they're kind of maximizing everything they have right now. I, I, McVeigh's grown on me. I, I think McVeigh and grown on me in the sense of like, I just, it's just let's see. And he's really good. I he's think he's not excellent. a media creation. No, I, I think his quarterback's a problem. And I think he's admitted it. Uh, I think it's now out there and everything else has to be perfect. Like, you just to me, you need Jalen in, in ninety nine to basically next year if they combine for thirty two games, I would say anything under thirty for those two guys would be a disaster. Like you, you just your margin for error for those two guys to play the whole time. It's like an NBA team. It's like God, if Steph gets hurt, the Warriors are screwed. It's like right. yeah, if, if Aaron Donald gets, he's one of the rare defensive players. Like oh my God, he's not playing. You kind of felt it with the Browns with Miles Garrett. Like every time he'd come out of that game. With the Chiefs, like, oh, their defense is already kind of questionable. And their defense is even that good. But it was like, he come out, they're like, oh, they're screwed. Well, I mean, we talked about it last week. It was the like, when is it that, I mean, whether or not golf was going to play and whether or not Aaron Donald was going to play was equally as big a story going into the Packer game, which is not normal. Yeah. The quarterback story is always much bigger. Right. Well, I just, I, I just wonder if you can overcome. I guess you, it, Sean's not an idiot. When you're stuck with a player, you do have to just try to meet in them. You do have to attempt to like him, right? It doesn't do you any good to just hate coach him because he's not going anywhere, right? So you have to attempt to figure him out. I'd say that's their number one. They have two things. One, they just need to maintain their defense and attempt to just make Goff more functional than he was this year. Yeah, the, the which the is thing- a good thing. Which is a good thing for the Niners, who it is. Luckily, they have some their own issues. Seattle does not have an offensive coordinator, and the Rams now have a turnover on defense and a quarterback coach situation. Like the Niners you know, may have that too. It has not gotten out, right? Uh, if oh, you know, you're right. It hasn't. Uh, if that's the case, one thing you just made me think is that if I'm McVay, I know that in three years, well, two seasons from now, because this year the dead cap is sixty million, and next year Goff's dead cap in 2022 is thirty million. But I know in or in 2021. Sorry, we're in 2021. In 2022, his dead cap is 30 million. So 2023, three years from now, is when you can have another quarterback. Or here's what I would. My point is this: I would draft a quarterback this year, McVay, that you think has a chance to be a starter, knowing, uh, you know, he's going to be my backup. Worst case slash best case in 2022, I'm not paying him anything. I'm paying Golf. It's all the same. Maybe that guy can beat Golf out for the job. Maybe in three years he can be my starter with two years to get ready. Because the odds are in three years, you're probably not going to have the number one defense anymore, right? Yeah. Just Donald how long Ramsey. Aaron, how Donald long can Aaron just, Donald play like this? Yeah. I mean, he's going to so, be like, he's drafted in four. He's, he's been in the league a little while. So you're right. The Niners have bought themselves a little time here where it's like, you got a couple years where you need to find a quarterback or McVay's bought them a little time. Goff has bought them maybe, a little time. Maybe he'll just be the first time ever nine de- play uh, time defensive player of the year. Yeah, maybe. he won it seven straight years. <laughs> I would count he's in Michael Jordan. He's in Michael Jordan to D-tackles. But yeah, that's. I'm Matt, I wonder if McVay's got to be thinking about that this year. I do struggle with like got to take a quarterback with, for a team that you know would have to do it in like the third or fourth round. That that is assuming you're going to like a guy in the mid rounds. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying gotta. I'm just saying if there's a guy but he I, likes, I, he but should you're jump. Not, on I, I've read that a couple places. Like get ready for them to take a guy in the third or fourth round. Well, they don't have a first round pick, and they haven't had one. You know, their last first round pick was Jared Goff. I did know that's that. That's pretty yeah. nuts. Yeah, that's pretty. Crazy. So you're right. It doesn't make sense. Like they need because their margins are thin. That third round pick might need to be a starting tackle or a starting guard. Yeah, starting to center. me, they, they got to be in the mix for some of these guys that just get cut. 
that have been starters before, kind of bringing some competition. Maybe you get for a million dollars. Like for example, like a Mr. Trubisky. If you can get him for like you know one million bucks, because to me they're they're not going to have the ability to like even trade for a Mariota or something. He just makes too much money. They need to get a veteran. And when I say veteran, a player that started games that Jared Goff looks at like this guy could just play better than me. And I, I'm just using Mitch as there aren't that many of them. Like every year, there's like a Mariota or Mitch Trubisky. You know, they probably would like Mitchell. That's what I'm saying. He can just move around a little bit. I do feel like he hates Jared Goff right now. He just doesn't even want to think about it. You know, and we've all been there, stuck. different people in our life, and you're stuck. Stuck. Yeah. The thing with marriage counseling, though, you both have it out. It's called divorce. Sean does not have divorce is an option for him right now. And there's nothing worse in life than feeling like you're stuck with someone, whatever it is. And what it does feel like that creates hate. Yeah. We've you want to go to counseling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, like I said, I think it's, I, I think the Niners have a window. The last thing I'd want to do is be looking for a quarterback the same time as McVay. So you get a little jump on him. You know, it's they got to get that figured out before McVay gets it figured out because in a couple of years he might have to be explosive on offense and he might be ready to do it. Would you rather live in uh, Malibu or San Mateo? Oh, uh, that's a great question, John. Malibu. I'd probably go Malibu. <laughs> yeah, but please, taxes anyone listening in San Mateo, tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> yeah, the taxes are the same. Santa Monica or Los Gatos? Yeah, that's the yeah. Well, I don't know. That's that, that is one thing the LA is like. Well, I'm gonna pay 13 percent either way. I might as well fucking live on the beach. Yeah, might as well right. be warm. Might as well be 75. It's sunny. In the it's pretty windy warm. up here today. I know. It's oh, the golf courses are closed today. Oh, they are. Well, I saw like I just saw a tweet like Harding Park closed and a couple other courses closed because of the gale forced winds. Wind advisory. Gale winds. Wind advisory. Yeah. So that's what we got. I was going to actually go bang some balls for the first time in several months today, but that's out. That's no fun. I got this guy on Instagram. I might shoot him a DM. I want to get a lesson from him. Just, this guy's just a little grinder. Yeah. I mean, like the golf. I, for, J, I forget his name, but I follow some instructors. I, I do too. Instruction. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note. Adios. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.